Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is Sell Your Backlist. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, I haven't written this big TV, the backlist crazy TB Markinson. <laughs> Hello TB, like, how are you today? <laughs> I was kind of clenching to see how you were going to twist this one. <laughs> I was just I was waiting for that backhanded compliment. <laughs> I was just looking at my, uh, you know, my script and, and it says the always first choice and I thought, oh no, that's last, that's last time, is that? Okay, backlist crazy, that's what you are, isn't it? Yeah, I guess you couldn't call me, you know, something nice two weeks in a row. That would just really put the listeners, they'd be like, I think Claire's had a head injury. <laughs> All right. So how am I been? Um, man, it has been a crazy, crazy morning so far. So first up, um, I published the third box set of Lizzie. This uh, box set includes A Woman Undone, A Woman Complete, and A Woman Trapped. This was the project I mentioned a few weeks ago where I reached my cover artist, and she was like, well, I can't really make that cover right now. You have to wait. So... And it's the third box set of the Lizzie series, which when I published that back in 2013, if you told me the very first Lizzie would become such a popular book and that I would end up writing eight more in the series, I would have I would not have believed you in any way, shape, or form. Um, Lizzie fans really love Lizzie, and I'm still trying to figure out the reason why. I don't know what the magic is, and I'm hoping I can keep the magic going, but I don't know what it is, so it's kind of like a conundrum. I've always thought of you as a wizard, uh, TB, so I think you can. I've got faith. Is that because, like, six months out of the year, I'm always recording in a robe? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and because you big, pointy, glittery hat that you wear. No one's supposed to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> also, in other news, I'm in crunch time for the Girl Love Happens season. This week, I have, I have one week left to finalize the last two episodes of season three to get them to the editor. I'm in the middle of my final read before emailing them, and I've decided to read all the uh, episodes in the season before I send off the last two just to make sure the continuity and everything. So um, there's been a lot of uh, long days, long hours, and a lot of cursing because, like, I keep repeating, like, certain words. Like, why why is it, like, each project you latch on to, like, that one fucking word, and you just can't let it go? It's true. No, it's true. Every single time, there's always just like, yeah, so a couple of new ticks that come up. Everyone's pinching their faces in this one, and I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop that happening. <laughs> but this is one of the books that I'm, I'll, I'll be really grateful once I get season three uh, published, because while it's not a huge uh, hit on, on Amazon in general, but there are many diehard Girl Love Happened fans, and they've been asking me forever, when's the next one going to come out? And unfortunately, since it's not a big money earner, I have to publish accordingly, which means I have to mix enough standalones with the series books in order to make a living, which is, you know, one of the downsides of being a professional writer, because you, you do have to factor in that, because Girl Love Happens is one of those series I, I enjoy writing, because it's kind of like a, a waltz through time and there's like no cell phone technology I have to deal with like 
there's this a drama because they're young and in college, but it's this kind of a, a relaxing book to write, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make money. <laughs> that's, the, that's the not relaxing part about it. Clearly, it's a book of your heart as well. That that's good to to mix those in because you need a you need a change of pace and a change of scene in your head. Absolutely, it's kind of like a, a writing palette cleanser or something like that. In other news, I have been in technology hell for several weeks now. I mean, everything that could break has been breaking. Um, on the iHeart Lesbic website, the book of the month polls um, have been causing me a lot of issues when I was swapping out the polls at the first of the month. So this will be the first of May. Um, the polls stopped working. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't able to grab the short code, which is a very simple thing. I'm just supposed to be able to hit code and the short code pops up and I could not get it in and I could not create new polls. I was getting so frustrated, but then I ended up trying to like create a new poll on my other website, my author website. And I, I learned something when I tried to transfer it over to the iHeartLesvic website was they all of the polls I've created have a number associated them. So this the short code is the same, but at the end it's just a number. So then it just became like a guessing, like what poll number am I at? And so it took me like, you know, 10 minutes to figure out all the poll numbers. So I was able to get it going and I'm still having to deal with that, but it's working, hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, it's kind of like putting the Titanic back together with duct tape, but right now it's holding, but we'll see. I hope it doesn't break. <laughs> Really, I really hope. But then in another tech issue on iHeartListic, I have a giveaway plugin I use for the weekly um, project kindness posts and in like the monthly giveaway on IHL. And for some reason, one day that giveaway just completely disappeared. Like not only did it disappear from my dashboard, but it disappeared where like all the previous polls were, I mean, all the giveaways just like were gone. Literally one minute it was there, next minute it wasn't. So I had that to deal with. And then there was the issue with buy me a coffee <laughs> on both websites, iHeartLesbic and Lesbians Who Write. For some reason, on the mobile devices, all of a sudden the wording for buy me a coffee started to mush together, so you couldn't tell what it was. So I just figured out if I took out the buy me the me part, or I think I had it us, the buy us a coffee. I just took out the us, and so now it's fine. It says buy a coffee, but. One of the reasons we chose this site was because they specifically had a WordPress plugin that was supposed to make everything easy. Don't you think they would have figured out on mobile devices the screens are smaller and the wording wouldn't be visible? It sounds like, you know, you've just had a, you know, a technology HU week. They just happen. <laughs> but why? Yeah, I've just had a lot of hair pulling, screaming, and shouting, why does, why did the tech god take me? What, what's been going on on your side? Well, I'm sorry. take you? <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, and I know it's very uh, frustrating. But but you know, you come out the other side. This week, I'm having a because we're going away um, next week. So this week, I'm we're recording ahead of time. So this week, I am getting all my ducks in in order, and I'm having a bit of a self care week. Today, I've been to the podiatrist. There you go. I don't want to. I don't want to upset the chiropody lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm go, I went to the podiatrist and uh, got my feet sorted before I, you know, go walking in Scotland. And I also had a smear test, which um, is lovely, isn't it? Oh, a pap smear test. A pap smear. Like, and there were, and she said the words that you never want uh, your the woman administering your smear test to to say. 
she said, oh, I'm not sure that one's going to be uh, OK. I might have to go and get the longer, longer speculum. <laughs> TV's face. Heard yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, I had that today. So, I, I, but, you know, more than going to the shoppingist and going to the doctors, it was just going out of the house that it's, I, I'm a bit exhausted because I had to go to my shoppingist, which is in one part of London, and then come back and go to the doctors, which is like a 15 minute walk away. So I've only been in the house for half an hour today. People were out and like you had to like, you know, interact. I had to get on, on a bus, on a train. I know, crazy, wow. crazy times. What else have been doing? Uh, writing, I'm carrying on writing um, the new project. Uh, I haven't done any today, but um, I did do some yesterday. And I've got a little target that I'm hoping to reach but before I go away. Um, still no clues on what this is or what it's about, but because uh, I'm still not sure. It's going to be the next book, but I'm carrying on. It will be something. Okay, but if I remember correctly, you have a cover design book, so but you still don't know what the book's about, the title, or what the feel is. No. I mean, I, I kind of do know what it's about, obviously, but I haven't got a cl any clue for a title. Hmm, Can it be like, you know, like a uh, one of those books, like Choose Your Own Adventure book? And like, yeah. That could be like the cover where <laughs> you just have like random bits. Like yeah. you can have like... The stone for the ice queen, the stone of ice, or like, you know, then like a, a little like stethoscope for heart, for medical romance. Like, you can just put it all together. Yeah. Well, choose your own romance uh, title. There was, a, there was a quiz actually on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it this week. And it was, what kind of character would you be in a romance novel? So you had to do this whole quiz. And somehow I came out as a Hollywood actress, which I was pretty pleased about. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Does it mean that I'm a diva? Moving on. <laughs> do you know, I think we should do an episode on that. What character would you be in a romance novel? Okie dokie. <laughs> TV's... I don't, I don't want to take the quiz, though. <laughs> I'm going to make you take the quiz. So London 8, Big London Dreams is with the editor. It went off a little bit early, so... Doot, doot. Um, and I think also, uh, when, I was, when I was going through and just, you know, doing my... You know, I was just about to send it to the editor and then I realised I hadn't spell-checked it. And I thought, no, come on, Claire, these are basic standards. I mean, you know, I think I have done it for the first few books. I just sent it off because I thought, oh, well, that's part of what they should be doing, right? But no, you should always do a spell-check first as well. It's the least you can do. So, you know, you, you've got it to a draft that you're okay enough. You won't have caught everything. So I went through and uh, one of my characters was giving the other one a wry smile. That's R-Y-E, not a, not a W-R-Y. The other thing is I was able to... Um, add in a couple of things because in Big London Dreams I reference the movie Calamity Jane. Now I know obviously know the very famous song from uh, Calamity Jane, Whip Crack Away, Whip Crack Away, that one. TB is shaking her head. Anyway, do you know Calamity Jane, the Doris Day movie? No. No. No, sorry. I mean I know Calamity Jane in history but I don't know oh. Doris Day? Wait, yeah. she didn't play Calamity Jane, did she? Yeah, she did. Doris Day? Yeah. Played a Cowgirl. Yes. And very well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a movie that I, I, I reference and I looked it all up on uh, Wikipedia um, to see what the story was. But I know the I know the songs and I know the basic premise, but I'd never seen it. So it was on TV um, last weekend. So I watched it and therefore I was able to go back and, and actually properly, you know, everything I'd written was correct. So, but, you know, I picked up a few spelling um, errors. So that's gone off to the editor. So hurrah. 
And um, one thing I've noticed with this new book that uh, I'm not giving you any clues about, I do keep going from first person to third person. Do you do that when you're writing? And it's really annoying because like, I'll be mid-scene and I'm just writing in third person and then there's lots of I, I, I come in. I'm just like, what the hell? It happens to me because I juggle a couple of projects and um, usually it, it ends up where I'm juggling one. It is written in first person, like a Lizzie book, mm. or and then another one that's not. And um, yeah, it's and I know it drives my editor crazy because I don't always catch it. Yeah, <laughs> it's. <laughs> I remember when I was writing Once Upon a Princess with uh, Harper, and I think I sent her a you know first draft chapter as you're going along writing and it was all written in first person she's like did did you mean for this what's going on oh <laughs> those are all internal thoughts <laughs> so um yeah so so you know it's good be blowing dreams with the editor the other book is you know the words are coming coming out okay actually do you know what i did um I was having a little bit of resistance to it yesterday, so I decided I'd just do a couple of 25-minute sprints, you know, like the Pomodoro. And I cracked out um, nearly, two, well, 2,000 words in and 1,000 words per 25 minutes. So clearly the story is there. I just need to concentrate. Um, and it's just getting back into that sort of uh, rhythm, concentrating rhythm. The other thing I did this week, very exciting. You won't experience this because you're not wide. I updated my uh, the tax form on my Google Play account. Ah, oh, such exciting times. These are all the bits that you have to do, the unsexy bits of the business. If you, if you uh, publish on Amazon, you'll know that you have to update your tax form every three years. If you publish wide across all the many platforms, you have to do it on every single platform. So I got like a... I got like an important looking letter from Google saying, and you know, I'm always worried, is it a phishing letter? But no, it, it wasn't, it was actually, but I didn't, never click on the link, just always click into your account and see if it's correct, and it was. And the other thing I've done today is order a load of plasters for my feet, just in case they play up when I'm walking across Scottish hills and glens. Have you done a vacation like this before? Um, no, not, no, not this long. Like, we, I've been on, like, walking trips before, but the longest I've done is a week. Maybe this is going to turn into another romance. It, I'm hoping. I know, I am really hoping. Because I think I was, I was talking, um, I was doing an interview yesterday for the other uh, podcast I do, and I was interviewing Kate Davis, who wrote In at the Deep End, which is one of my very favourite books uh, from 2020 or 2019. Anyway, I was talking to her about, uh, and one of the questions was, how has writing affected you... Uh, sorry, how has lockdown affected you and your writing? She was saying that it's just affected it in the fact that she hasn't got anything else to say. Like, there's no new experiences that you can that you can reference. And, you know, as we all know, writing, it does reference your life and the things you've experienced, um, even if you twist them and they're not exactly uh, verbatim. So I am really looking forward, actually, to going to Scotland just for that. I know, I know that a book will come out of it. I, yeah, it is. It's been difficult though because like my days are all the same, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's hard to come up with the creativity. Which maybe what maybe that's why I'm enjoying Girl of Happens because it's loosely based on my own coming out experience in Colorado during the early '90s. So I'm able to pull that, but mm -hmm. um, like, but right now, like new stuff is very hard because. <laughs> It's all just COVID. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and nobody wants COVID in their novels. Uh, I don't, anyway. And I think most people would say they don't. Uh, so, but yeah, it, an amazing bit of time travel, you know, when this comes out on May the 31st, I'll already be in Scotland. Amazing. How many plasters will be on your feet? <laughs> Hopefully none, because that'll be day one. <laughs> if there's plasters already, we're, we're in for a long couple of weeks, aren't we? Yeah. Did you get rain boots? Uh, I, I did buy some walking 
waterproof walking trainers, so that's good. I've ordered some new walking socks and, and blister plasters, so we're good to go. Let's get on to comments, what you got? We got quite a few, so strap in. All right, so first up, we have um, some emails. Uh, nope, we have one email, I can't count. Uh, Nylanth, uh recently started listening to the podcast again, so welcome back, Nyland. And Nyland wanted to let us both know that the, um, our podcast is always a much-needed breath of fresh air. It was listening to our podcast and encouraged Nyland to finally finish uh, Nyland's first novel last year, and now it's been our podcast again that's convincing Nyland to pick it back up and begin the editing process. So, and Nyland appreciates the fact that we share how all authors go through uh, struggles and emotions over the, 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 the lifespan of a story from getting it, the idea to getting it um, out, and appreciates that and feels like, and Nyland feels like she, uh, sorry, and Nyland feels part of a bigger community. So welcome back, Nyland, and best of luck getting that book um, past the editing stage. This is the fun stage where it turns into the really, what am I trying to say? It's when your ideas start to really, you can shade in all the details and they really start to uh, truly form in your mind and become 3D rather than 2D. Yeah, it becomes the polished gem that it meant to be, is meant to be. Yeah. All right, so now we have some tweets. Now that we have a Twitter account, we Woo! have some tweets I need to go through. Toot, toot. Um, Sophie on the boob episode. Uh, Sophie felt like uh, Sophie could detect that I was blushing, which I probably was. Was I blushing that episode? Let's say yes. Okay. Um, S.W. Anderson, a fellow uh, lesbian writer, uh, also commented on the boob episode and was listening to the Pointer Sisters because you had mentioned the um, reference of boobs as the Pointer Sisters. So yep. S.W. got into the mood completely yeah. of the episode. I appreciate that. And um, Addie Conwell, a lesbian author, uh, also says Addie might be late to the party here but is learning a lot from our podcast. So you're not late. That's the, that's the beauty of podcasts. They're always there. So pick up where you want and welcome aboard. I've got two comments. Uh, Judy says, hey, Claire, I wanted to tell you that I just read a new term for pussy. Are you ready, TB? <laughs> you weren't expecting that. She just spat her water out. Yeah, now that I've swallowed, yep. <laughs> uh, velvet glove. I'm not sure how I feel about that no. one. I, I gotta let it sink in. Yeah, I, Julie says she she doesn't remember hearing it before and just wanted to share. Thank you, Julie. Uh, I, I think that it's not terrible, but I still don't think I would put it into my one of my books because it's just oh, it's nearly okay, but not quite. I feel like maybe we should slip it into one of the books just for fun, though. I, lo I love that you said slip it in. But anyway, let's carry on. Uh, Paul also says he's listened to quite a number of uh, episodes of Lesbians Who Write. It's hilarious and fun, and it's a really good show and informative for all writers, not just lesbians or romance authors. So thank you, Paul, and we're very glad that you're finding it informative and hilarious. Well, especially now that we've dropped the velvet glove. Yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, so we have uh, two bias of coffees that we need to address and say thank you. The first one is from Dancing on Waterfalls. Love the name. Dancing on Waterfalls bought his coffee and said you can't do anything without coffee, so here's some coffee, and please keep writing. Love your books, and always have one on the go. And Olivia also bought us coffee and said love the po uh, podcast and keep up the great work. So we appreciate very much everyone who has purchased the coffee and or all the listeners out there who just keep supporting us by tuning in. Everything's very much appreciated. 
Let's get on to the topic today, which is sell your backlist. Da, 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 da. Now, we are very passionate about this one because, um, you know, every all the all the spotlight and the glamour is always on your newest addition to your books. Um, you know, everyone always uh, goes on about launches, which are important. However, the backlist makes up the most significant portion uh, of your books and therefore your income probably in, in any given year probably makes up at least half my income from my london series for instance is a perennial seller as are all the other books actually on my back on my back catalogue the standalones even the little all i want series the plucky all i want series it keeps on paddling up that stream doesn't it tb um and i was thinking actually when do you consider a book to be on your back list i would say probably when it's been out for about a year what do you think I, I have never contemplated that. In my mind, like, as soon as I release something, I, I kind of catalog it as, well, that's done, let's move on to the next project. <laughs> well, you know, that's interesting, though, isn't it? Because I was thinking about it, like, when is when when would you say a book has gone into backlist? Some people might say, like, um, three months after, a month after. I would give it a year. I mean, I also I think it depends on how well the new release went. Was it a solid new release where it's just turning up the charts or did it just kind of like fall off the very next day? So yeah. I think it all depends. <laughs> <laughs> you mean? Do you mean? Do you mean if not many people buy it, it's like, right, well, you're in the back list, get to the back of the class, that, that kind of thing? Well, I was, I was thinking more of like my, um, whenever I release like a Girl Love Happens or a Lizzie book, like it does, it does okay in the beginning, but it does fall down the list rather quickly because you only have a certain segment who are... Mm -hmm. The only way I can phrase this is primed to read it. I would still say I give it a year for all of them. You know, that's not really to say that I do uh, really do a push on the marketing for a whole year. That's just my arbitrary line in the sand. But you might be different. Your mileage may vary, as they like to say on social media sites. What can you do, though, to sell your backlist? Because it is a very important part of, you know, your income. Um, so what can you do? Well... You can be a you can start a podcast. That's one good way to, to sell your backlist. <laughs> We've had a lot of people uh, write into us and tell us that they've discovered our books after listening to um, us on the podcast. So, um, podcasts sell books. We love doing the podcast, uh, but you know it does have benefit. It is a bit of content marketing, so it does have beneficial effects. If you don't want to start your own podcast, because believe us, it is quite a lot of work. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, the polished professional gem you hear piped into your ears every every week. Doesn't just happen by magic, does it, TV? Oh no, there's no. a lot of plasters involved. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to be a podcast, uh, start a podcast. Be a podcast guest. Uh, have a look into your niche and contact people and see if they will um, have you on as a guest, and then that will spread the word of your book. No, words to the wise. Don't ask us to have you as a guest on this one because we don't have guests. Make sure it's a podcast that has guests. We don't have guests. Yes, that is key. Before you start uh, hitting up people to ask for favors. Make sure you know what um, what they offer first. I get that a lot with um, iHeartLesvic. I get sent a lot of emails saying, we would really love it if you would review this book. And I'm like, that's great. I don't review books on iHeartLesvic, so you obviously don't know what I do. But, um, yeah, make sure you do some, some homework. So is that your first tip? That is my first tip. Funny enough, if I did not include podcasts <laughs> in <with> my tips. <laughs> well, that's good, isn't it, right? <laughs> because you mentioned it, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good tip. TV's learning something from this episode. <laughs> All right, my first tip was uh, promotion. Yeah, what does that mean? You can um, discount one of your books from your backlist. Um, it, and 
like an older title uh, or a much older title or like with the first book in a series or anything like that, you can use BookBub, which is a um, uh, email newsletter service, which you have to pay for and it can be pricey. You can get together with other uh, authors in your genre and everyone can kind of agree to discount a book or a, a box set or whatever during a certain time and then all of you hit up your newsletters and promoting the sale or with lesbian fiction since um, that's what we focus on. Also, my other website, uh, I Heart Lesbian, uh, we organize a mega sale once a year. So that's another way you can um, do the promotion. And what happens when you when you drop your price? Because I hear a lot of people saying, well, if I drop my price either to like 99 cents or even free, how do I even make money? Trust me, it does work. This is why it's one of the tried and true promotions, not just in books, but in um, commerce in general. It's why you have end of summer sales and everything. How you make money? It's like you may not make a lot of money when you drop your book to 99 cents, but what you have to realize is someone who's never read your book may give you a chance, especially if you're reaching out to other newsletters from authors. They might not have heard your name, so you're you're potentially reaching new readers. Maybe someone has heard of you and hasn't given you a try yet, and now they've read your, your sale book, and it's so charming and funny, and they now sign up for your newsletter. That is one of the keys for me when I do a book promotion is like not how many books I sell, is how many more newsletter subscribers I get because that helps get people into your, your funnel and everything, especially if you have the automation system set up for your newsletter. But I don't want to go too much into that because we've already covered that in the newsletter uh, episode. Yeah, so promotion. Work with other authors. Use services like BookBub. If you have lesbian fiction, check out when the next I Heart Lesbian mega sale is, which won't be happening until 2022, so don't start emailing me yet. I haven't decided on the dates. But stuff like that. Work together. Sell drop a price of the book and garner new readers yes and i would just uh, that that is a a point on my list um i would just add promotion wise as well as bookbub you can also use uh, and i heart lesfic you can use my lesfic which is a, a weekly uh discount email that goes out to lesbian uh, queer romance readers and also um just recently hello books uh, which is the self-publishing formulas new sort of book promotion mailing list thing and they've got an lgbt category they didn't when they launched but they do now hello books i haven't used that one i haven't either but i did just email uh james at the self-publishing formula to see if i could try it so i don't know how i don't know the size of the list but uh, i also do know that they're only they're only just starting out so i don't think that the pricing uh, on it will be that high because you know if you get a all areas book bub deal it will cost you two hundred dollars uh it's worthwhile but it will cost you two hundred dollars whereas um i don't think any of the others um are any anywhere near that all the other book uh promotion things that people suggest like free booksy and robin reads and all that they do not work for lesbian uh fiction so don't even try them we've tried them they don't work <laughs> take it from us yeah there is another lesbic one. I think it comes out on Mondays, and it's called Lesbic Now. But um, yeah, that that's the that's the one of the drawbacks with uh, lesbian fiction. Not a lot of them, not a lot of uh, newsletter subscribers have tapped into the LGBTQ community yet. So, no. No. but yeah, but you can also. I mean, one of the most powerful things I've used with promotion is working with other authors in my genre, which was the genesis of I Heartless Fic. So yes, yes. That was you, me, and Harper back in the day. Back in the day, when all, when all this was Fields, TB. 
It was 2017. Can you remember 2017? I thought it was earlier than that. No, it hasn't been that long, but it feels like it's been a long time because so much has changed. I mean, we're in a fucking pandemic now. So much has changed. We've been in each other for like four years. That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So what else can you do to promote your backlist? Well, the other things you can do are you can release new formats of, your, of a book. So, for instance, with The Long Weekend, that came out in 2014, seven years ago. Uh, and I just released this year the audiobook of The Long Weekend. And it's doing really well. So, um, there you go. Just goes to show that people have been waiting with bated breath for the audiobook of The Long Weekend, right? Absolutely. Uh, and you can also, as well as releasing new formats, so, you know, if you haven't got a print book, because, you know, you might just be thinking, I'll do the ebook first. If you haven't got a print book, make sure you do that. Um, Amazon are also now offering hardback. Uh, editions of books so and that's just in beta and I think that'll be rolling out fairly soon so you know it might be a good thing to do a hardback edition of your bestsellers that might be something that you know true fans might really like and the other thing you can do is release box sets of your backs list and that just gives people another way of buying them and box set readers um, are very different to people that just buy single books you might think oh if i do a box set i'm cannibalizing the sales of my uh, single books in a series so for instance my london romance series has got seven books it will have eight by july and i'm planning on having nine uh, so i've got box sets once one to three four to six and then one to six and they sell quite well especially when i do a sale because people like a bargain they're just different ways of getting people into your um, backlist. Box sets won't like you won't make your fortune off off box sets. Again, don't believe don't believe everything everyone says about box sets. If you listen to some podcasts I'm writing, they'll go put make it into a box set, and I've sold ten thousand dollars of box sets. You won't sell that uh, in lesbian fiction, but it's just another route for people to to read your stuff. Yeah, and it's. Again, another uh, something you can use in your backlist, and like if you do want to try a bookbub, um, box sets do really well in format on bookbub. So yeah, that's a good one. So am I moving on to my next point? You are. All right, so you can look for uh, reading events that you can join. The fabulous Jay has put together a sapphic reading challenge for 2021, and I've noticed a lot of readers are really digging this challenge. Uh, readers are kind of competitive. That's one of the reasons Goodreads is has become so popular because Goodreads has, like, we're at the beginning of the year, you set a number of books you want to read, the Goodreads challenge, and a lot of them kind of get addicted to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're always, like, tracking how they're doing on it and everything, and Goodreads, of course, uses the algorithm to goose you, to remind you, like, oh, hey, you said you were supposed to read this. You're, like, this many books behind. You really need to get on it, but stuff like that. But like with Jay's Sapphic Reading Challenge, it's geared towards our genre. I mean, I can't tell everyone to join Jay's Sapphic Reading Challenge because it has to be sapphic <laughs> books. But um, find something like that in your genre and get involved in everything. And it does help. I mean, every sale adds up. So, and it's it's one of those things that our readers are really enjoying. And it's kind of a fun thing. Yes, definitely. Uh, I am also getting people saying I read this book or that book as part of Jay's uh, reading challenge. So all hail Jay. Another thing you can do is uh, update your blurb or your cover. So just updating your cover gives a different entry point. People might think, oh, I haven't seen that book before. Or they might really like that. They might really dig it. They'll dig your new cover and they'll say, oh, I'll give that book a try. Or same with your blurb. So 
just try uh, updating, refreshing. Every few years is a good way thing to do. And um, just off the back of that, the long weekend, I'm giving it a lot of love at the moment. Um, I've just released the audiobook and I've just commissioned a new cover. Um, and they just came back to me uh, this week, actually. So I'm just having a look and sorting through, seeing which cover I fancy. So um, the long weekend, this is going to be its third cover in seven years. It's probably the book I've recovered the most. Yeah, but that was one of my tips. Yay, we actually we had one that matched. Oh, we should have gone bing, bing, bing. <laughs> uh, but following up on uh, updating your cover in Blurb, I have been working on a year-long project, and it's updating my intros and outros to all of my books. And what that is is, like, you know, your intro is um, where I do a pitch in the beginning of saying, hey, did you know about my newsletter? If you sign up to my newsletter you can, you know, get this. And I recently have added another freebie offer. So when you sign up to my newsletter, you get A Woman Lost, the first book in the Lizzie series. You get the bonus chapters to A Woman Lost. And now you also get a, a short story that I've added last year. So, and then in the outro, something I've been trying is, um, I was doing it in the beginning and then I got lazy and I don't suggest getting lazy. So I'm trying to rectify that problem. So in the back, I, I still do the newsletter pitch and everything, but I have started including um, a sample for another book. With some of the books, it's easy to decide which the sample should be like Lizzie, like book one. It mm -hmm. should be the sample from book two. Yeah. But others are a bit more tricky. Mm -hmm. Right now, like I've, well, like some of them, they're not in a series. So where do I want to direct them? Is, is it a standalone? Is it an age gap? Do I have another standalone age gap? And which I, I now do. So I direct those. And also with the date and the setup, which is about Americans who just recently moved to London. Um, so they kind of direct to each other. And I've only, what is this, May? The year that won't end. <laughs> so, but I've only done it for about five months, but I've noticed a significant uptick already. Mm, that's interesting interesting see I'm learning things here as well because I think I've done that in my series so I've done it for uh, the London series I haven't done it for the All I Want series what am I doing but I, I, I've done it for the London series but I haven't done it for any of my standalones so yeah that might be worth trying but um, these things do take time so and obviously yes uh, you said you called it intro and outro it's called front matter and back matter uh, yes but that was one of my tips as well so ding 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 but yeah uh, update your front and back matter and make sure you put the links from your other books in there so that people can just click on them and go to them from whatever e-reader they're using so if they're on Amazon they can go to the Amazon website and if they're on Kobo they can go to the Kobo website so make sure you include uh, the links to all your books as well so all of them I started well, not doing all of my books because, however, um... yeah however many you, <laughs> yeah how, <laughs> however many you include in your also buy yes yes Okay, um, the other thing you can do uh, is blog about your books. So, yeah, just write some articles about them. Create some buzz. Put those blogs on your social medias. Put them on the front page of your website. Um, you know, send them out in your newsletter. And you could also maybe put a little offer in there. Uh, say, give some discount off, off the book one in the series or... or whatever book it is so just make people want to read about them and if you give them a little price offer it might encourage them to go and download the book well you've managed to steal my last one <laughs> so but what i was saying is what i wanted to say was don't forget your newsletter one of the reasons you want people on your newsletter is because you have a way you can communicate directly with your reader um when they go to amazon like they're 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 interacting with amazon amazon has all the information 
like the email and everything. So you can't connect with your reader unless you have them sign up to a newsletter. And your newsletter is one of the ways you can keep boosting your backlist because like Claire said, you can write a, a blog post like behind the scenes or something like that. I recently did a cheeky blog post on my author website about typos. I included certain typos that were funny from different books, um, especially the date. My most recent uh, release, the date, I accidentally called the movie Lady and the Tramp, Lady in the Tramp, and made it some kind of porn flick, which is one. <laughs> that's, <laughs> it's a t- one minor tweak. that's the title of your next book, surely. <laughs> Lady in the Tramp. <laughs> so, but these are the kind of little nuggets that um, your diehard readers do like to hear about. And it's just, you know, you show that you're human, you have humor, and, and then again, you, you include that little link, and people get interested in. I wonder what other typos I could find. Please let me know if you do. Um, so my final two are um, do some ads. So I wouldn't suggest doing ads um, until you know what you're doing and you've got the money. But you can do ads on Facebook, Amazon and BookBub. And if you want to find out more about those, we've done episodes on that before. And there's plenty of resources everywhere around the web to find out more. My final one, which is a new one and uh, one that I have definitely seen make a difference, is do some translations. Now this year is really the year that my translations, I'm going to have three books out, um, two Germans and one Brazilian Portuguese. Um, but my Germany, my sales of my English titles in Germany have gone up quite considerably since my German translation came out in Germany. So there you go. People discover you uh, reading in German and then they'll go through your English backlist because you know quite a lot of people in Germany read are very fluent in English and they're happy to read in English because Germany is my third biggest market in English anyway so the re so you know if they hadn't found you via the English speaking books they may find you via the translations and then they'll go and read your backlist in English so that was an interesting one and obviously if they don't read English where whatever country um, these your readers are in they'll hopefully wait for your next books to come out in translation so interesting Germany's your third biggest market, please? Mm-hmm. Yep. What are the first two? Obviously, what, the U.S. and the U.K. and then Germany? Yep. So mine goes uh, U.S., U.K., Australia, Canada, and then Germany. They sometimes sort of bob up and down, but no, Germany is very solidly my third uh, <laughs> largest market now. And I think it's gone up because of the translations, yeah. In the last six months, it's, it's solidified its place. There you go. All right, well, we hope that those... Uh, those tips have helped you think about how you might rev up the sales of your backlist. Uh, and if you're not there yet there with a backlist, keep going and eventually you will get a backlist. And it is amazing when that happens. Do let us know any uh, tips and tricks you have for selling your backlist or any comments you have on the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch via the website, lesbiansyourwrite.com. Email us, lesbiansyourwrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Twitter us at lesyourwrite and Instagram me. And join us next week when we will be talking, we will be asking the question, are you languishing? It's all the rage. They were talking about it in the New York Times, so it must be true. Oh, absolutely, all the rage. All Everyone's languishing. But I would also like uh, listeners to keep letting us know about different words for a pussy because I'm still chuckling about the, the velvet glove. So. <laughs> can you can you outdo Julie with her velvet glove? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Julie. Uh, All right, then. Join us next week. Until then, keep writing. Bye, everybody.
Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. Thank you.